Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, hello, and welcome to Not So Good Ideas Podcast. I'm Bree here with Eleni. Hi, and welcome to another episode where we talk about interior design and try to entertain you guys at the same time. How's it going, Eleni? It's okay. Um, have to say right off the bat, a not so good idea is daylight savings. <laughs> I think it should be illegal. I'm not entirely sure who came up with this concept, but I don't get enough sleep as it is so for you whoever you are to take an hour away from my slumber (laughs) is so evil I can't even fathom it I don't know what you went through during your childhood but that is not fair (laughs) oh I feel that it's been a little rough it's I and I didn't even know the problem is I had no idea it was even happening this weekend I woke up on Sunday morning and I had intended on sleeping in. Okay, guys. So let me just preface that. (laughs) And I thought it was 12 when I woke up and I looked at the time and it was one. And I was like, one? What? There's no (laughs) way I slept till one. And I was like, yep, you've been sleepy. You slept till one. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. I must have been really tired. And then I went in the kitchen and I saw the clock and it said 12 on the stove. And I was like, wait a minute. Did the Mm -hmm. time change? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, (laughs) just wanted me to feel lazy. Like I slept till one. He was like, yeah. (laughs) Honestly, we had no idea either. Like, we didn't even realize it was this weekend. It's crazy. Yeah. But at least we're, I mean, the sun is out longer. Like, up here, it was getting dark at, like, 3 p.m. So I'm happy about that, but. That's true. It, it is nicer <clears throat> to stay brighter outside, but honestly, I'd rather sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you have a not-so-good idea this week? Well... We're going on like week four of being in a rental car. Um, So that's kind of a not so good idea. Mm -hmm. My car is still not ready for me. Um, (laughs) But other than that, I feel like everything is going well. So I'm trying to keep positive, positive vibes. (laughs) That's good. I'm. I'm going to pray for you. Hopefully it's not extremely expensive, which I'm I'm sure it is being that yeah. it's four weeks, but that's crazy. Yeah. They found out um, that apparently one of my tires that she kind of slid into, something was up with it and they had to replace the whole tire as well. And they didn't realize that before. So that added to the timing. <laughs> now they're waiting on a tire. <sighs> Oh, no, that's awful. I know. I just took my car to get service this weekend, and it was pretty hefty price-wise. And Mm -hmm. they were like, oh, by the way, we found a nail in your tire. And I was like, oh, cool. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh god i hate when that happens but i'm always like whenever they come back with the list of like the things that need to get done i'm like so is this important and they'll be like i mean yeah but you don't have to get it done right now i'm like okay we don't have to do that one but this one is this one important <laughs> <laughs> let's do it later <laughs> let's do it later let's do it next year okay <laughs> yeah i feel that and i'm also another not so good idea is I'm just dreading doing like the taxes. We've got to do our taxes. Oh, me and... too. Ooh-wee. I'm not ready to do that yet. <laughs> me too. I contacted my CPA and I was like, hey, buddy, it's me. I'm back again. Um, I'm ready. Whatever you are. <laughs> and he sent me this whole long thing I need to fill out. And I was like, actually, <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm not, not ready. ready. You won't be hearing from me from another two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot of time. It really does. It does. And I don't even technically do it myself. So I can only imagine how long it takes if you do it yourself. Yeah. It's not too hard, but it's time con- consuming for sure. Definitely. Do you have a good idea? Um, this is just a little good idea. I think we're going to get a gym <laughs> membership again because oh. we've been slacking on the health side of our lives. So hopefully we get it soon. Um, Dylan said he's going to go and get it, but you have to do it in person. And I haven't seen him go yet. Um, so Dylan, if you're listening, now would be the time. Head on over to Planet Fitness and get us, you know, <laughs> that membership. But yeah, <laughs> what about you? That's really good, though. I feel like I need to go get a gym membership. I actually was thinking maybe I'll just buy a treadmill because... Yeah. Well, it's been snowing a lot here, so you can't really, it's so slick, like you can't run out in the snow. So I'm like, yeah. maybe I'll just buy myself a treadmill and get my exercise that I way because well. I like to run. <laughs> yeah. That's well. what I do anyway at the gym is I just go on the treadmill. So <laughs> exactly. I've been <laughs> contemplating it. So maybe, yeah, it's a good time yeah. to like get back in the rhythm of working out. I know. I wish we didn't get the stinking Peloton. Otherwise I'd get a treadmill but dylan loves the bike so got a peloton do you like it no (laughs) (laughs) i always hear mixed things about the peloton i just i'm not i was never really into like cycling or those cycle classes so and it doesn't really like that's not the kind of target muscle i want like i don't want anyways it's not it's not my style i'd rather do like walking or running and do you know that kind mm-hmm. of exercise instead of like crazy sweating classes, people screaming at you. I don't like that. <laughs> I agree with that. I've never really been that much into like biking either, but some people love it. Yeah. I mean, if you love it, it's great. It's a great form of exercise. I just, I prefer walking. Yeah. <laughs> but my good idea is I'm going to an interior design um, art show type thing up here. That's kind of um, like a curation of a bunch of artists in this area that want us want us to basically sell their art to our clients. (laughs) So that's cool. Yeah, they have like it's like a sip and shop type of thing. So we'll have like drinks and get to look at all the Mm -hmm. art and pick stuff out for our projects. I love that concept. That's really cool. Yeah, it should be cool. Hopefully. I want to see. I'll post some pics. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm super excited for this week's guest. Me too. I'm so excited. (laughs) We are joined 
in this week's episode by Prince and Fox Studio. They are a couple that have all handcrafted sculptural furniture that they make by themselves. Everything is unique. Each piece is totally different. It's all very organic and natural. And they kind of talk about their process and what it's like to be furniture designers in the world right now. Please welcome to the Not So Good Ideas podcast, Prince and Fox Studio. How's it going? We're Taylor and Cecilia. Nice to meet you guys. I'm Eleni. I'm Bree. It's great to hear from you guys. Yeah, same. Thank you for guys uh, for including us. Of course. Well, we're in Santa Monica right now. Um, that's kind of where our studio is based out of. Hmm. We're, we're thinking about moving to Miami soon. I saw yes. on your website, too, that you guys met in school. So we all have a very similar story. Yeah, also <laughs> yeah. school in the South, you know, which is cool. Um, yeah, yeah. We just got back from Savannah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, a good trip because, um, I mean, we were trying to figure out where we wanted to move next because um, we're just... We love LA and we love the scene here, um, but it's, we're just outgrowing the space. Like we have like a little garage studio and um, we, we can't build up anymore. Like we just, we got shelves maybe a year ago and we are like, all right, yeah, we solved the problem. And then it was like, we got so many orders, we couldn't keep them on the shelves. Like, like the shelves are stocked up and then we have no space to work. So um, it's kind of like, well, that's it. We yeah. got it. We got to go. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, pretty quick. So we took a trip to the southeast and we checked out um, Charleston, Savannah, St. Augustine, St. Pete's, and Miami. Um, and, and Miami won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of, we might change our mind won. again, honestly. <laughs> and how, we, how long have you guys been in LA for? uh about four years yeah oh, wow. October will be yeah four years okay I think that means it's time for a change you know like every four or five <laughs> yeah. years yeah that's yeah, true I mean sure. we've, we've been telling each other this is the longest we've ever really lived in one place other than you know our hometowns of course but yeah but we've also yeah. moved around so much because yeah. okay so we met at Auburn University um they have a really good architecture program there mm-hmm and um and then after that we actually moved to Miami and we lived there for a year and then I got into grad school at RISD and so then we moved to Providence for another two years and then we moved to California to LA and now we're moving back to Miami so we've wow. kind of like <laughs> moved across country it'll be three times this next time yeah. you hit like every corner <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the first thing we want to do is ask you if you have a not-so-good idea that you want to share. Okay, well, you want to start? Yeah, um, so I guess for my not-so-good idea, um, I'd say DIY has gone too far. <laughs> um, I mean... I have always been for DIY in reason, um, but man, the other day I was on, I don't know which social media platform at this point, because 
I work on so many of them for the business, but, um, <laughs> but I was on one of them and there was a tutorial on how to uh, DIY this ceramicist bowl. Um, and it was kind of a cool bowl. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it was from Pottery Barn or something. So, you know, it was like a Pottery Barn steal from another ceramicist. Right. Um, <laughs> so already there's something dicey morally there. Um, and then on top of it, you have like another DIYer that's uh, still like, man, Pottery Barn's too expensive. And, and I get that, you know. Um, but it's like, instead of actually going to a ceramicist and buying something that would be cool on a shelf, um, and you support someone, support someone's business. What they did is they went to the dollar store and bought some clear plastic punch bowls and then glued them together upside down and then spray painted them with this textured spray paint. And then, you know, it looks the same. It looked, it looked really close, but like in my head, I was just like, where have we come as a society where this is okay (laughs) oh no why would I want this like crappy thing on my shelf I don't understand I mean I I don't know like to me it just showed me like how superficial people's homes are and I just I feel like your home should have objects that really describe you and that like describe your life you know your day at a farmer's market or your friend's friend that you met that's a ceramicist or you know like you should have objects in your home that describe your life not you know something you're gonna have to toss into right. you can't even dust it um so yeah so I guess my not so good idea is has DIY gone too far on it I think um, <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like now the world kind of thinks of DIY and it's almost hard not to think like that cheap. You want good quality pieces in your home. And if that was me, I would be looking at that piece and be like, wow, those are two punch bowls I put together. I don't know (laughs) if that would necessarily bring me joy. (laughs) I know. know. It does make you question where the, you know, where's the value and, you know. I mean, <laughs> because I know a lot about DIY is people just want to work with their hands. You know, they they want to be creative. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I think that some people do find the joy in it, but I yeah. think that like I don't know. There's just and that's why I mean I think that it's a sensitive topic because there is a line, right? Like DIY is out there for a reason. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were just talking about how expensive rent is and how expensive gas is. So, so it's out there for a reason. And I think everyone, um, deserves to have beautiful things in their home. Um, but I think that as a culture, uh, we've forgotten where the true beauty lies in the things, right? Like what is the story behind it? What is, what is the background behind it? What is the materiality behind it? Um, and, and I think it's just become this thing that you see on Instagram. It's like, oh, I want my house to be all taupe, like monochromatic, (laughs) you know, and (laughs) make this thing that I saw that this one interior designer had. Um, and, and that's, you know, it just becomes kind of an Instagram world where you, you want to change it every week. Um, and I think a home should be something that's developed over time. 
like a personality. <laughs> yeah, your own personal style. Like it should show who you are as a person and what makes you happy. And then that's why I feel like you don't fall into the trends as much and you're not wasting money on trends as if you stay true to, you know, who you are and what really inspires you because I feel like a lot of the times when you see all those all white homes I'm like does anyone live in those or is it just for pictures belongs in a magazine and that's it yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and then also with like going back to the DIY there's a way to do it like you know if you went and bought some clay and you started working with it and you had some like mistakes but then you made something beautiful that's different than supporting the dollar store and buying these (laughs) yeah i agree i agree there's definitely a line there where diy can be a cool thing and there's a line where it could i mean it could go too far (laughs) yeah so what's your not so good idea taylor um, well, I'll, I'll be uh, much more literal with mine. I, so as an architect, I have a um, full-time architecture and uh, construction management position that, that I do. Um, and so just kind of gathering, you know, my, obviously my own personal opinions and, and stylistic choices through architecture school and my career so far, um, I like for materials to really speak for themselves and not to pretend to be other things. And um, I, I would have to choose stamp concrete is my, is my not so good idea. No offense to anyone out there who's done it, but I just, you know, I've always just felt like, um, you know, these materials should just be what they are. And it's just, if it's concrete, then it's concrete. You know, it doesn't need to be stamped to look like something else. And, and there's a lot of materials out there right there, you know, that are kind of speak that same language, you know. Um, and I'll, I will say, you know, I, in my um, at the firm that I work at, we specify, I mean, countless and countless amounts of materials, right. That we, um, that we put in these homes that we build. Um, and some of them are getting really good at being fake. I'm not going to lie, mm-hmm. <laughs> you I know, totally but, know what you mean. um, you know, but yeah, yeah. It's a little bit, a little bit more literal, yeah. but yeah, I've like never you, been a fan of it. Yeah. You have really vented to me about that. Like, I remember yeah. we, were, we were looking at a house and it had this, um, you know, faux wood flooring is like a ceramic dupe uh, of wood. Um, yeah. And and he was just not having it. <laughs> it would be like the first thing I rip out. We <laughs> <laughs> do the house. And I, and I, do you hate LVT? I'm assuming. Um, you know, it's funny you ask that because we are actually putting it in a few of of our projects that I, you know that we're working on now. But mm. and here's the thing: like I understand why it exists right? Because you can't get certain um, maintenance qualities and like longevity of materials with, you know, natural materials, right? They always have, have a, they have an age to them, right? And you have to maintain them. So, um, you know, like I said, some of them are getting really good nowadays. And I, you know, I'd be lying if I said we weren't using some of them. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, because I use a lot of LVT. (laughs) Yeah. Well, especially in like commercial projects, right? Like we, we, um, I focus a lot on residential, um, but commercial projects, you know, I think that kind of stuff is great for, you know, schools and uh, even sometimes offices. So I agree with that. Working in residential, I feel like, well, at least a lot of my clients really want something like custom or, you know, natural stone, not something that's kind of man-made or absolutely. We don't use a lot of LVT in our projects, but it is good. It's good for projects. 
like yeah. commercial. So do you guys have some good ideas you want to share? Uh, yeah, we kind of put one together, I guess, as a, as a collective, okay. <laughs> um, but we, um, yeah, we, we've really been interested in this. Um, it's going to sound generic, but it's uh, sustainability sort of as a practice. Um, and, and at least in Santa Monica and, and maybe it's just local to our sort of practice, but it's becoming a habit for us, you know, instead of trendy, right? Like people are sort of defaulting to making sustainable decisions. Yeah. I guess the good idea is kind of more that rather than, uh, sustainability being something that we can market, sustainability is becoming something that is a habit for all designers. Um, and, and we're just like realizing that now that, cause you know, we had somebody actually ask us that, like what sustainable practices do you have? And we kind of listed it off and they're like, oh, wow, that's so great. Uh, why don't you market that? And I was like, <laughs> I don't really want to. I mean, that's not really like, like who, like that's, that's not why we need a studio or it, it's just a habit. It's like a good habit, right? Like. Um, like everything else, like diet and exercise in your life, right? Sustainability should be a habit, I think. Um, and, and it should be a habit for everyone, not only designers. I mean, um, compost and, you know, recycling uh, plastics. And, and I mean, unfortunately, because we just watched this very depressing plastics documentary. I know that um, we should just not be using plastics at all. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's it's one of those things that I, I'm loving how it is becoming a habitual practice and people are, um, especially designers are, are talking less about it. Um, I think because the market became so saturated for I'm sustainable uh, and I have a sustainable practice and that, you know, as a way of like bringing in people to buy things. And, um, and I think they're realizing that, you know, there's so many people out there already doing it there. It's not a, a small niche anymore. And, um, and I think that's kind of awesome, you know? Um, I mean, it sucks for the people who are profiting off of it, but, but it's kind of great for the world, um, as a whole. Yeah. So okay. yeah, I love that. I think that we should all be more sustainable, in our daily life and that will lead to you know a better future i mean especially for me i have a three-year-old so we try to be really sustainable right even even more challenging for big families for sure yeah Yeah. Yeah. i know i've seen um like with kids snacks and stuff i don't even know how you accomplish that because it's it's like really a tough one It's (laughs) it's hard like you try to be healthy but then they're using a lot of plastic i mean there's always a win and a lose yeah, there really is. And sometimes a lose-lose. Yeah, with a whole lot of uh, moral conundrum uh, loops and um, not a lot of forgiving people out there either. So, yeah. yeah, what's do you have an example of something you do that's just like a daily practice that's very sustainable in your work? Yeah, um, so I make these vessels. Um, they're called Studio Strata, and I call them that because... Uh, they basically highlight different histories um, throughout the studio practice. And so whenever we have like any like waste material, it goes right into that vessel. And so you'll see that layer and then you'll see the next layer of that next time that we have waste material and the next time. 
And then we'll also put any single use plastic that we get with some of our hardware. Like, um, like we get these um, brass um, socket cups um, for, for lighting. Mm-hmm. And they, they all come in single use plastic, like, like little plastic baggies um, that, uh, you know, we just throw into the, into the mold. And so they get cast into the concrete or resin or whatever it is that gets crusted in there. Um, also any gloves that we use, things like that, that we just can't avoid that kind of, uh, plastic. And since we don't have visuals here, it's, this is like, um, this is a mold that we've created like a long time ago, um, that we just basically fill up with raw material essentially. And then once you take that piece out of the mold, you know, visually, you see this sort of layering effect. Of yeah, it's like a strata. The history mm-hmm. of our, you know, studio, depending on what work, you know, Sassy's working on that day or, you know, it just depends. It, it, it's yeah. all, all kinds Sometimes of stuff. Sometimes you'll see, yeah, <laughs> you'll see like little gloves sticking out of it. <laughs> um, and um, and it's kind of funny. They've become these like beautiful little landfills. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, really. yeah, one other one other practice we've um, actually haven't done lately, but um, we've taken our junk mail and um, shredded all of it and have started experimenting with that and sometimes creating that for packaging material yeah. and um, yeah, just so all that can be reused and, and recycled. It is um, more work. Yeah. <laughs> it's it is, definitely it more, is work. more work. Some of those sustainable decisions do create um more work you know, and more cost. More, yeah, I mean, sometimes more work and more cost. And they often don't really do the job as good as, you know. Yeah, I'll never <laughs> forget, we, right? we got these um, packaging peanuts and then we sent um, one of our concrete pieces out and um, they were these eco-friendly packaging peanuts. They, they're biodegradable. And I mean, they they worked technically. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is that concrete um, takes about, two months really I mean they say one month but it really takes about two months for all the water to completely evaporate from it mm-hmm. and um while the water was evaporating in the mail um with the packaging peanuts um it melted <laughs> them completely and the fees broke by the time it got there oh so, no, no. <laughs> so you know it's things like that that so, it's you know silly logistics beginner's yeah. mistake <laughs> um when we first started out um we actually sent one of our pieces because um, we had just moved here from LA and we Providence. had, oh yeah, sorry, from Providence. We had just moved here from Rhode Island and, um, and we had a bunch of like Home Depot moving boxes and we were like, oh, we're going to be so sustainable. We're going to reuse all of our packaging. And we got a really bad complaint from a client that they were like, we spent $4,000 on this piece and it came in a Home Depot box. (laughs) And, you know, it's like, like at the moment we were like, yeah, we're like earth warriors, you know? Um, (laughs) And and then hindsight, we're like, oh my gosh, we're so stupid. I can't believe it. That was like such a dumb and obvious mistake. <laughs> oh, no. oh no I, hey i mean if they you know looked past the wrapping and saw the beautiful bees that's all that matters like, i mean we did send them a note saying that this was sustainable packaging <laughs> it was um Whoops. but uh yeah yeah so we've been learning on the job for sure you could tell i mean we are a new studio um and 
you know got certain kinks to work out yeah things are things are running really smooth now though yeah Yeah, it seems like you're really taking off yeah yeah i like to think so (laughs) so that leads us into kind of what can you describe your work and like how this started this process uh yeah sure so um we always like to uh i guess introduce our uh sort of brand as um like a fine art furniture that um, is inspired by natural circumstance. So we take a lot of a lot of inspiration from nature and allowing materials to speak for themselves. Um, and then uh, there's also a big awareness uh, for mental health that is um, driven into a lot of our designs and a lot of our work. Um, and, and you want to speak a little bit? To that? Yeah. Um, so where we started was in school. We first got partnered up uh, like in architecture school. We must have been 21. And we got it was back in 2013, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. We got partnered up to uh, make the zigzag chair, recreate it. Um, and it was just like a first kind of warm up to, to the wood shop. Um, which I'm seeing now as like, that's kind of crazy. That was a warm up to a workshop. I was going to say that's <laughs> very <laughs> challenging. Um, but yeah, we had a semester to make it. Um, and, you know, we started, at, we must have been dating like a month or two when we first started that project together. Mm-hmm. And we did really well. And uh, we won the competition there. And then we kind of just kept on designing things together since. Um just, you know, in our spare time, because we were in architecture school. And um, I think it was my fifth year of architecture school. Um, I was diagnosed with a panic disorder and got really sick, you know, was having um, about 10 panic attacks a day, eight to 10 panic attacks a day, um, and lost a ton of weight. Um, And I was realizing that the way I was designing in architecture was making me more sick um, because it relied so much on um, like logic. Um, And with panic disorder, you have to rely way more on intuition to come out of it because I would get stuck on like you know, what color ink I should print things on, like black and blue. And it would be like a moral conundrum to me and I couldn't find a solution. And it's small decisions like that, that require um, like just, um, you know, following your gut basically. Let it go. Yeah. And, um, and that was not my strength. And so I started taking a sculpture class at the end of architecture school. And I kind of started realizing, oh, wow, this is like this intuitive design is where I need to be. And so um, I, once I finished architecture school, I knew I needed to go back to grad school and, you know, get a fine arts degree. So that's what I did. And um, I got it specifically in furniture design. And within there, Taylor and I kind of like figured out like a really cool um, style that we like wanted to do, which was just like based off of nature and like um, and the connection between nature and mental health and and seeing how it, it was crazy. I started working with my hands and I stopped having panic attacks. It was like, it went from having 10 a day to one every 30 days, one every six months. And now I haven't had one in a year. 
And yeah. so um, it's cool when you can design a solution to even your mental health. <laughs> um, and, and that's essentially what we did was design a solution, you know? Um, so yeah, and you'll, you'll see that language and uh, more directly in a lot of our work. Um, a piece called The Vivid Scars, which is a wall tile piece, um, has a particular um, language that represents the, a colorful scar, if you will, that is supposed mm-hmm. to bring awareness to, um, you know, mental scars or um, essentially experiences that people have had in the past. And it's about sort of embracing that trauma and, um, you know, allowing it time to heal, but not being scared of it, right? Like exposing it and um, or ashamed of it or ashamed of it yes it's yeah which it. I think like both of us because we both struggled with this together because at that point we had been dating almost five years yeah. and it was very much a big part of our <clears throat> relationship and yeah. neither Taylor and I I really had any idea what to do with like you know this severe anxiety so mm-hmm. we did a lot of learning that year and in the years to come um, and we found new ways to design, um, and that's where our practice is. So, um, yeah, so yeah. a lot of our molds have to do with, um, like we call them natural molds and we allow more of the materials to make the final decisions and to make the final forms, um, rather than ourselves. So that really helps me with my anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. and also we don't measure things, which is kind of, um, wow. a lot of don't people, people. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, well, they're going to hear it, but we can cut it out. Hear it, so. uh, <laughs> but we don't measure things. Um, and, <laughs> and, you know, being a casting de- discipline, um, that's really helpful because a lot of people always think our work is, um, uh, ceramics um and and the reason we love the not measuring things we don't measure um really how much concrete goes into molds how much um ivory goes into it how much dye goes into it and so each piece really is a totally different piece um so we have like a system more so than a product um Mm. and and it creates something entirely unique every time based off of that no measuring rule. Yeah, and it also allows us in the in the actual immediate process of fabricating and making our pieces, it's a constant decision-making process, right? Like if there's a particular area where, um, you know, we, we feel intuitively that, oh, well, this could use more material here or we need to take away material here, it's a constant conversation, you know, like in the midst of fabricating these pieces. So, you know, as we always tell our clients every piece that that we make and you see on our website it's all unique you know there's there's no piece that exists like the one that that they have in their home you know i think um, you guys just cured my own anxiety <laughs> 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 i'm like maybe that's what it is i think that's the missing piece oh, <laughs> i agree i'm so sick of measuring everything to the t <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you are creating something uniquely you because when you, so we actually made like a little reel about that um, through Instagram, um, just kind of showing, because Taylor was really uneasy about this when I brought it up to him. Um, yeah, I, I, I grew up in a wood shop, basically. So <laughs> very, 
and I agree. I think I think yeah. wood. That's why I don't love woodworking. Um, honestly, yeah. I love wood turning, um, <laughs> but but that is a more intuitive process. Um, yeah. But uh, yes, I was skeptical. Yes, Tay was skeptical, but we have realized together that it just creates a completely, it takes, it takes away the idea of a product and it creates pieces um, because it, you do, you see, like I measured this up against my hip. And so this piece has my literal hip dimensions, <laughs> you know, um, and it was something that I actually got from a story my grandfather told me about why and I actually don't know that this is real or not my grandfather was a notorious um big fisher um (laughs) (laughs) this might be like a fisherman's tale um but from a designer's point of view he's an architect um but he told me that um you know Spanish barrel tile Mm -hmm. okay so Spanish barrel tile in Spain he said that every roof um, had, um, the woman's own unique mark, um, because how Spanish barrel tile was made was by the wives and how they would make it was by taking a piece of clay, slapping it on their thigh and that was the mold. And, you know, and he said, so the bigger the mold, you know, the more voluptuous the bride. And, <laughs> and that's how like the men kind of showed off, you know, their home and their woman, you know, um, so um, whether or not you think that's a good idea, I loved the idea of like each house had its own unique personality that way. Um, and that people were proud of it for that reason. And I think as makers, we've kind of lost that we've lost our own unique mark. Um, and it's just become like, what is our style rather than our own actual like physical bodies being imprinted on these things um, and, and losing this, you know, cause like what is measurement to begin with, right? We're talking about a king's foot, right? That's what it's based <laughs> off of. <laughs> I don't remember. Exactly. I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, exactly. that's, I think that's what it was, right? It was like the king's foot. That's what inches is, you yeah. know? Um, so, I mean, why can't it be mine? Why can't it be to <laughs> height? <laughs> why can't it be, you know, my hips or, you know, someone's thighs? <laughs> why not? Um, I've never heard that before, but I love that. I'm going to keep okay, that. Cool. <laughs> it probably doesn't exist in a history book. So. <laughs> I think it does. <laughs> I like that, though, because it makes me think about, you know, because I design commercial spaces and, you know, we have to follow ADA. We have to follow all these measurements. And I feel like I get so focused on that and making sure that everything, you know, is the right distance from one another, the right height to be ADA. Everything is, you know, to code that the design sometimes gets lost. And I'm so, you know, hyper-focused on everything but the design sometimes. And then it's like way at the end when I'm like, oh my God, I need to bring this concept back into this project. Like everything is ADA perfectly, but... (laughs) 
Yeah. Understanding the big picture is difficult sometimes with all those. Yeah. I mean, also what you're doing is way more responsible than what we're doing. <laughs> we, we have a lot more room to play, I think. Like you're, you're doing God's work over there. So <laughs> No, I'm jealous. I want to play. I want to play so bad. Yeah, no, right? I mean, when you get home, have a glass of wine and, and you know, there's a lot of different ways of being creative. Um, I, I mean, I sometimes... Um, I started this thing called, um, for, for my own personal journey and Taylor will sometimes join me too. Um, but I make these little paintings and they're called meditation squares. Um, and so it kind of satisfies both parts of my soul, like the, um, the Arkin nerd, you know, um, and, and, and the artist side of me, um, because I like, draft out these squares and they're perfectly nine inches and then I draft inside them and I make this like um little four inch pad that I'm going to draw on and and I have the construction lines which I love the construction those little ghost construction lines when I draft um and then I you know I put the tape just like OCD you know it's like perfectly following the lines and then I create like 30 of those and then throughout the month like every day, every other day, I'll start my day with a meditation and then I'll just paint whatever comes to mind throughout my meditation. And wow. it's just painting while I'm meditating and it's really healing. You know, um, I kind of was feeling like a robot two weekends ago where it was just like, I'm on autopilot, like have to like, keep like getting up, doing the same thing and, and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I like stopped and I was like, wow, I haven't painted in a long time. Let me do that. And, you know, I already had it set up, so that's easy. Right. So that means I could just do the fun part and just be a kid for a second, you know, and just, you know, relax. And, and, um, and, you know, I, I really got out of my own head and Taylor and I did it together and we yeah, had a glass of nice. wine and, you know, we talked about life and then didn't talk at all and just painted. And, um, you know, we were like, which way do you think is the top? Which way do you think is the bottom? Which is always funny. Um, <laughs> um, you know, cause it's like, you gotta rely on intuition on that too. Um, and, um, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways of, of bringing back that creative practice and, and, you know, not having a lot of responsibility attached to it. Right. I would say just like from talking to you that you have this wiseness about you. You're very (laughs) wise. I mean, most people would not think to make a habit of painting and meditating and, you know, sustainability, the way you're thinking about things, you have like a wise way of thinking, you know, I feel like a lot of people are not thinking that way. Yeah, I mean, I'll say that that unfortunately came out of desperation from when I was so sick. Um, And I just I had to change my life. um, Because I I knew I didn't want to live that way. And, um, and that's something that I mean, maybe this was like, something that was wise, I guess, was understanding that I have a choice. Um, I can continue with this chronic anxiety or I can, you know, design a new way of life to combat it. And that's what I did. Um, And Taylor really helped me to accomplish that. Um, Yeah, I think it's also taking a look at what you control in your life, because there's, you know, in a lot of situations in, you know, architectural drawings, right, you are 
dimensioning all these fine little details and you have to, you know, adhere to certain codes and all this stuff, but that is another level of control, right? But, um, you know, controlling these other aspects of your life are, it's almost like a totally different language. Yeah, know? well, I think it's the mental language, I suppose. Maybe because, yeah, because like control is not exactly the word I would use, but like I would mm-hmm. say, like, because like when I was like really sick and, I, and, and had so much anxiety, control was like all I wanted. Yeah. Um, whenever right. I achieved it, it just never gave me anything, right, it but healing. it just gave yeah. me more questions. So it was yeah. kind of like, it's like, you know, as an architect, we always were taught to, um, like defy gravity you know like gravity is our enemy um we need to be like like I don't I don't think I can curse I'm not gonna curse but um blank gravity um let's get out of here you know like let's let's do this our own way rather than actually like work with her and befriend it um and I think that was just something that I had to learn how to do and we both had to learn how to do was like like instead of fighting the tide let's just swim with it um and just you know rather like like let's stop expecting something and and just like roll with this new change Um, or even forcing something yeah exactly forcing something like because I feel like a lot of times that's what control is it's about forcing something and that's that's our design practice and a lot of our molds is not about forcing things it's just letting the things be what they are um and and do what they're gonna do like our salt filter table is all about filtration and so each one comes out totally different and our cuddling concrete too each one none of it is a hard mold they're all soft molds and so each one is just based off of its own weight um and it's wow. completely different so you know we we apply this to our lives and to our <laughs> and to our design practice <laughs> so what how many pieces like what does a day in the life kind of look like for you and how many pieces are you working on at once Oh man, um, there's quite a few. Yeah, <laughs> hard to get them all straight at this my, point. The, the day in my life is is a little bit shorter than Sussie, so I'll, I'll go first. But you know, I I do have um, a nine to five. Uh, I work uh, full time at an architecture firm, uh, but then a lot of my time once I get home, and you know, sometimes throughout the day, um, assist uh, Sussie and you know certain fabrication tasks, and a lot of my time is. Um, devoted to um, emails and client coordination and doing accounting and, you know, all the, sometimes the boring stuff of the, of the business side of it. But, no one's got to um, do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I had had previous experiences with that too. So it just made sense that I tackle a lot of that, but, um, yeah. but yeah, you know, a, a lot of my time is, is spent sort of at the beginning of projects and at the very end. Um, I have a particular knack for uh, finishing materials and, um, you know, giving our materials smooth textures and um, how those finishes are applied and all that sort of stuff. So I do um, participate in a lot of that, but um, yeah, Ceci's day is much different. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah, I'm basically a hobbit. Um, I'm definitely not as social as uh, social media would say I am. Um, but I do handle, I guess, like, cause everyone has got a boring part. So, um, for me, the boring part would probably be updating the website. I don't know why updating the website is always so boring. Um, 
just takes a lot of attention. It, it takes does. so much time. Yeah. I spent five hours on it today. I only put like 10 new pieces up. So, <laughs> so I usually start the day with, um, with casting. Um, and so I'll, I'll cast so that way I can shower because casting is very messy. Um, and almost always, especially with the homeless population here in LA, people think I'm a homeless woman. If I go outside <laughs> of the house, um, after casting, um, so, um, cause it's just like, there's stuff all over my face, all over my forearms, all over my feet, my shoes. Like I remember one time I dripped some like red dye onto my toe and someone thought my foot was bleeding. Um, and <laughs> called 911. It was like, I had to like stop them and be like, no, <laughs> it's okay. It's just die. And I had to like show them my foot and everything. Um, but yeah, so I, I start off the day with casting and then concrete, that is. Yeah, casting yes. concrete. I mean, it depends mm-hmm. on the day. Sometimes I have a, a resin commission and so I'm casting resin. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I start off with concrete. Then I usually do like finishing. So that's that could be anywhere from polishing, uh, grinding, sanding, um, or actually applying like a finish so it could be like like a wax as a primer and then like some kind of polyurethane as a top coat um and then fine sanding that and then putting the last coat of finish um <clears throat> and then it can end usually with some kind of like photographing um i do so much photographs and um and uh videos of our work uh for for all the different social media platforms i think mm-hmm. a lot of my creating, time is yeah. spent on social media at least like and creating content for sure at least two hours a day um more than i want honestly <laughs> um but you know we're a small business so i'm trying to keep everything like in-house so we don't have to pay um more than what we can afford right now you know and keep growing yeah, one of these days we'll have a marketing manager. Yeah, sure. that would be so great. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and then if I have like a day off, um, you know, I'll start designing a piece. And then when Taylor gets home, I'll be like, oh, what do you think about this one? And and we'll work on the design together that night, mm-hmm. you know? So that's kind of a, a week. Busy day. day. <laughs> it's a very busy day <laughs> yeah one one exciting piece that we are working on um right now is a um is a commission from a a client a local client here um if you guys are familiar with our wall tile uh pieces uh, these are uh, basically concrete tiles hung on the wall it's sort of like a, a three-dimensional uh, painting if you will um they we had just recently gotten commissioned to do three larger pieces uh, for that for that, of, um, um, for that same uh, piece um, sorry piece of artwork and it's basically what triple the size of, the, so of the smaller big. ones it's so big um, so yeah we're, we're currently trying to figure out the best way to make the mold for that um, you know creating uh, the right amount of tolerances and things like that for how these are actually going to be made because they'll be made quite different than, you know, how we make the smaller pieces. But, um, mm-hmm. so that's an exciting one that we have. Um, oh, wow. That is exciting. I feel like I love to hear these new projects people are starting. I feel like I can't wait to see what that's going to look like. 
Yeah, we yeah. can't either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we, we're actually just finishing a big project um, that's taken us a year and a half to make. Um, wow. I mean, like you're saying, um, you were describing that you don't feel like you have a lot of creative process. I mean, that happens to us too. Um, like Sometimes we get extremely bogged down with orders of just like replicating pieces and that we've done before. Yeah. And mm-hmm. obviously yeah. that's obviously that's that is, necessary. Right? And that's what yeah. brings in money for the studio. And yeah. I mean, we love doing those things. Don't, yeah. don't get us wrong, but, but we miss like designing new pieces. Um, and so this is a piece that's been in the works for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, we should and be coming out with it within a month or so. It still needs to be photographed and things yeah, like that. So. I feel like nothing's ever done until it's photographed. Like, like right. technically it's done, <laughs> but, but it's never really done until it's documented. Um, and, or, or out in the world. Now. Yeah, and then yeah. released, right? So yeah, so we'll have to document it and release it. Um, but we're really excited about it. Um, and and we can't wait to, I, I mean, we got to first photograph it. That's like been on our minds now for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that'll actually happen this weekend. Let's see. You guys can do it. I believe in you. (laughs) Thank you. It's it's just the magic we needed. (laughs) A little little pixie dust. (laughs) Well, all the listeners, well, this will come out next week, but all the listeners will be waiting too. So you guys can do it. (laughs) Perfect. So where can people find you? What's your Instagram handle and all that? So our Instagram is at Prince and Fox Studio. Um, and that is Prince, uh, P-R-I-N-C-E and F-O-X Fox. Um, and our website is the same thing, just www.princeandfoxstudio.com. <laughs> and then we have a TikTok also, which is at the same handle. Um, <laughs> And a Facebook page at the same handle, and a Pinterest page at the same handle. So we kind of got it all. <laughs> wow! So whatever your preference is for social media or interacting with the world, um, it's all under the same thing: Prince and Fox Studio. You could even just Google us, and it would come up. So. Well, aside from finding us digitally, um, you know, we are our little garage studio does open straight up onto the street here in, in beautiful Santa Monica. Uh, so any local listeners out there are welcome to stop by and things like that. We do have quite the um, um, quite the crowd, you know, that tends to come by and think of us as, you know, the, the garage artists, if you will. We have that <laughs> reputation around the corner, right? Yeah, but, they don't uh, know our Prince and Fox name. They're yeah. like, oh, the garage artists. <laughs> oh, no. They're so cool. <laughs> I'm glad you're still business and then they leave. (laughs) It's it's better than nothing. I tell you what. No, I mean we we really like it. Like um, especially the little kids. The little kids are the best. They're really cute. Such the funniest reactions. Yeah, like like um, I don't know if you've seen, but those little scooters are really in style right now for for like toddlers. Mm -hmm. And um and this like dad and his son were like coming by with the little scooters. Um, Cause I guess the dad had like a regular razor scooter. I don't know what he was using, but, <laughs> and, and the son was like, Whoa. And he like had to stop and like look inside, you know? And he was like, Whoa, this is so cool. Cause 
especially like kids love our squish dishes. They're like these colorful organic little stones, um, like, like the size of the palm of your hand. They, they basically look like starburst that got squished a little bit, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. like in pocket a little too long or something. And, <laughs> and, and so they see that color and the shapes and they're like, Whoa, what is that? And then the dad's like, that's an artist. And he's like, Whoa, I've never seen an artist. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So cute. Um, It's like (laughs) really adorable. And then we'll give him like a big chunk of Himalayan salt or like, um, like one of our like little work samples or something, you know, to take home with them. Um, Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's been a like really delightful surprise being a garage artist. Like I, I, I'm such a, like, I don't like being interrupted when I work and I like working in solitude. Um, I don't even like music when I work. I mean, um, I kind of, kind of a hermit that way. Like if I could just be like (laughs) a little hobbit in my hole and just, you know, make pieces all day that make me so happy. Um, but so I was really nervous when we got a garage studio because it's open to the public, um, always. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been such a delightful surprise. Like I yeah, get quite lucrative. We've had people come by and, and, and buy work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like that. Yeah. It's, it's really been a surprise. We've gotten a lot of support from the community, which has been cool. So yeah, yeah that's amazing. I feel like it's good to get the community involved too. So, well, thank you guys so much for coming on today. I feel like it was so fun having you both. You have great energy. Yeah, we could talk for hours, I think. <laughs> That's good. We won't, though, because, right. I mean, Unfortunately, time doesn't allow. Taylor doesn't get off on tangents, but I do, for sure. <laughs> we'll make it a two-part episode. The part two will come out in the future. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, please leave a comment on what you want to hear next and let us know what you thought about this episode. Make sure you follow along on our Instagram at NotSoGoodIdeas and we'll post some sneak peeks of what's coming next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.